0: live from the downtown studio the flames talk post game show starts now sportsnet 960 the fan all right, let's get our Flames Talk post-game show underway right now. Following a three-one Flames setback on the road in Columbus in Game Four of this five-game road trip, my name is Pat Steinberg, and we kick things off on Flames Talk post-game by going immediately back to Nationwide Arena in Columbus. We check in with Flames defenseman Mackenzie Wieger for some post-game reaction. Uh, Mackenzie, just uh, your thoughts on this one for your group tonight?
1: Uh, it was a tough game. Um, you know they pressed us pretty hard. Um, you know first period first. You know, 5-10 minutes were a little sloppy. Uh, I thought we made a push, you know, after that in in the second period. But um, in the third period, we just couldn't get done.
0: I I know that uh, 60 minutes is important, and you you came away with a really solid 60-minute effort last night in Buffalo. But a couple of times, you've been able to really push back this season. How how important is that for this group that uh, there is a lot of pushback where maybe one period or so doesn't go your way?
1: Yeah, you know, there's uh you know, a lot of resiliency in, in this group and um, you know, it's never really an issue, you know, competing wise or effort wise, it's um you know, it's just a little bit of discipline in some areas and making the right play at the right times and um, you know, just not losing your assignment at times. But, you know, the compete and the effort's always there with our
0: team. Uh when you talk about maybe cleaning uh one or two things up, do, do you feel like you've made improvement as a group in that regard? Um,
1: you know, I think we took a step forward uh last game, but you know, tonight I thought in some areas, again, uh, you know, sort of the D zone and the neutral zone. Um, you know, some of the same things that, you know, we try to fix at the beginning. Um, yeah, but we're, we're getting there. Um, you know, I think uh, there's improvements, but still sometimes you can fall back into some bad habits.
0: Final thought for you, McKenzie. Just how important is it to wrap this trip up with a win and uh, pick up that victory Sunday in Detroit?
1: Yeah, it's going to be huge uh, if we can end, you know, this road trip on a uh, win. It'll be, you know, a fairly good road trip for us and uh, for our group, you know, starting the year off on a road like this is uh, can be tough. But, you know, it can also be a good thing for our group. So, we got you know, we're stepping into another tough building against Detroit. Young, fast team. So, you know, we're going to have to uh, give our best and, and get the win.
0: McKenzie, thanks so much for doing this. Good luck on Sunday, hey? All right, thank you. That is Mackenzie Weger post game in Columbus says the Flames fall 3-1 to the Blue Jackets on this Friday night. Flames uh, fall back to the 500 mark 2-2 two, two, and 1 overall and uh, they also drop to 1-2 and 1 so far on this 5-game road trip, game 5 as we mentioned Sunday afternoon against the Detroit Red Wings. Flames Talk post game is underway on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Pat Steinberg alongside Megan Mickelson and Eric Wills as well, and Mick. That's uh, one of those nights where a couple of mistakes end up costing the Flames, and at the other side, you know, they end up uh, they end up getting, especially in the final forty minutes of play, some really solid zone time, generated some chances, but unable to convert. So when you make a couple of key mistakes and you also don't convert on your opportunities, it can turn into a loss like this one tonight.
2: Yeah, that's really well said, and I thought that Mackenzie Weegar hit the nail on the head too in terms of I would agree with his analysis of the game um they came out and they were a little bit sloppy to start with which can happen on back-to-backs when you're a little bit tired they had a good push they needed to capitalize and they needed to execute and uh just really couldn't find a way and there was some some coverage errors um you know, I thought that Nikita Zadorov on the, the first goal against, yeah. you know, that's just a bad, bad judgment in that situation. And that you have to make sure that when you're pinching that you have coverage behind you, didn't have that coverage. So, um, you know, and then in, in the D zone on the second goal against, again, there was missed coverage on the back door and just a little bit of confusion in terms of who was supposed to go and who was su- not supposed to go a- and cover. So, you know, I think that those are mistakes that you make when you're tired. The first thing to go, honestly, when you get tired out on the ice is your brain and mm-hmm. you start to make decisions that you wouldn't typically make. And like Weger said, you fall back into to bad habits. So uh, tendencies that, you know, they they might be used to in the past. That's when your brain gets tired you make bad decisions. And so a couple of those, I didn't think it was too bad, not too glaring. But the Columbus Blue Jackets, obviously a team that were coming off of a 4 nothing loss and were really, really hungry to have mm-hmm. a good game. They came at them hard, pressured them hard, Yep, tried to take away their time and space. I thought the Columbus Blue Jackets were excellent in the face-off circle as well, and, and they knew that that was the strength of the Flames, so they did a good job of, of shutting that down also. So I don't think it's a step back. I think it's, you know, it's a tough game on a back-to-back and a yep. team that's coming at you that hard. Yeah,
3: I'm going to kind of come at it from that angle. I think the Blue Jackets played a really good game tonight, mm-hmm. almost uh, like a road game at home, where they gave the Flames low-percentage shots, but didn't give them a lot from, as you like to refer to it, Pat, the home plate area. I thought they did a good good job collapsing in front of their number two goaltender, Spencer Martin, and and taking away those second and third opportunities. I thought they worked their butts off. You can tell that they're trying to establish a culture in Columbus right now. They had the whole mess with the coaching change. Pascal Vincent comes in and makes a number of his top players healthy scratches in the first two, three games of the season, clearly sending a message to those guys, benching guys at times as well. Uh, they lose 4 nothing at home in game three of a four-game homestand to start the season, and then they have, what, three, four days to sit on that loss. So they came out flying tonight. The Flames have been the better of the two teams in the first period in four of the five games they played this season. Tonight was the exception to that rule. And they kind of found themselves chasing the game, even though it was scoreless through 20 minutes. Blue Jackets open scoring in the second, and, and the Flames were chasing the game at that point. And you know, it, it was a 3-1 final, but let's not forget the Blue Jackets hit, what, four, four goal posts post and yeah, crossbars? Yeah, four. So yeah. um, I wouldn't put this on Jacob Markstrom at all. Those don't even count mm. as shots on goal. But uh, I just thought the guys were a little bit sloppy in front of their goaltender tonight. And uh, as you pointed out a number of times, Megan, they just didn't do a very good job capitalizing on the scoring chances they did get.
0: Solid, solid outing for Jacob Markstrom. He uh, he came to play, and uh, a nice night for him, but he drops to 1-2-1 and one on the season, and uh, Flames definitely pushed after they, they got the little assist from the referee on the, the Lindholm shorthanded goal as uh, that puck went right off of the skates to Backlund and then right onto Lindholm's stick on the breakaway, and he made no mistake, but unable to beat Spencer Martin again, and uh, they end up falling 3-1. And then bad luck, Derek, on the, the empty netter just as Markstrom was going to the bench, just as he got there, and Rozichka was getting onto the ice. Warenski heads up. He saw it, and he put a perfect strike into that empty net, but uh, tough timing for the Flames on the 3-1 goal. It was,
3: and to your point, Pat, great timing for the Blue Jackets getting their best defenseman back tonight. Yeah. Zach Warenski was a beast. One goal, one assist, two points. Uh, He had three shots, seven attempts, three blocks, one hit, played 21 2 I don't know if they win the game without him. He was, I thought, their best player, even though he wasn't one of the three stars in the building. So a good timing for the Blue Jackets, uh, getting him back. Bad timing for the Flames on his empty net goal. But you know what? Again, I tip my cat to the Blue Jackets. Uh, it just looked to me like they wanted this game a little bit more than the Flames did tonight.
0: Uh, I do have to ask about what happened at the end of the game. Uh, Rasmus Anderson was levied a five-minute major for elbowing and a 10-minute misconduct at the 20-minute mark uh, after he caught Patrick Line up high with, uh, just didn't need to lead with his elbow, didn't need to leave his feet, and didn't need to do that at that time. Mick, that was, uh, maybe you talk about uh, the fatigue and the frustration getting the better of somebody. That's something to watch going into uh, Saturday. Saturday, does the Department of Player Safety have anything to say? I, My gut says they will mm-hmm. just because it happened at the end of the game. So there's no penalty for, uh, like there's no, um, there, there's no, uh, like they, he's not actually going to get penalized for it because it came right at the 20-minute mark of the third period. My gut says they might, but uh, that was that was rather
2: ill-advised as well. I think if that was even in the middle of the game, I think that's a hit that they would take another look at for sure I mean he left his feet that yeah, yep. was a, a yep. clear hit to the head so I'll go back to what fatigue can do to your brain in terms of decision making and that's when you let your emotions get the best of you and that's a situation where Rasmus Anderson he's a leader on this team and he's a guy that needs to make sure that he's leading by example in his play the way he carries himself and in those situations and if I'm being honest, that was it was an unnecessary hit at the at that time in the game. So, yeah, I think I think his emotions would have gotten the yeah. best of him no. there.
3: Frustrations boiled yeah. over for Rasmus Anderson. There's yeah. no doubt about it, uh, and I think he will be the first one to admit that after the game. And to your point, he is one of the alternate captains on mm-hmm. this team, and he is a leader in that dressing room. And you've got to be accountable to your teammates, and and Rasmus usually is. I'm hoping it's only a fine from the Department of Player Safety because it's a big game Mm -hmm. for early in the season. It's a big game coming up for the Flames in Detroit on Sunday. You have a chance to come home with five of a possible ten points and uh, to get your longest road trip of the season out of the way. What you don't want is to have to play without your number one defenseman in Detroit for a second straight season. Yep. Different reason this season, uh, potentially, though.
0: Yeah. Uh, by the way, marquee matchup in the pregame show, we were focusing on the fourth line for the Flames, the Sharon Govich, Greer, and Dewar line. Uh, marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Didn't think they were as impactful as the game went along, but Derek, they still, that's been a line that you can count on more often than not, and uh, they, they definitely have their moments again tonight in Columbus. They did, and for
3: me, it has nothing to do with them it has way more to do with uh, some of the Flames' top players not performing to their potential tonight. Yeah. And for some of them. Agreed. In the majority of the first five games of the season. Uh, The good news is uh, there's room for growth. They're a 500 hockey team. There's room for growth.
2: I, at that fourth line, it just seems to me that every time they're out on the ice, they're doing their job. And Ryan Huska has talked about them in that they know what their identity is. They know what their role is. They know what they have to go out there and do. And every time they're out on the ice, they do their job. Yep. You take away the penalty that A.J. Greer took. That's one that I'm sure that he would like back. But outside of that, they've been outstanding. So to your point, Derek, that I think that's perfectly said it's it's more on the guys that need to be scoring the goals and then in terms of the errors that were made in terms of defensive coverage that to me was more so on the defenseman
3: well and Ryan Husker earlier today correct me if I'm wrong or if I misheard him but didn't he talk about the fourth line with Yegor Sharongovich A.J. Greer and Walker Dewar potentially being his best forward line so far this season. We talked the other night about Dennis Gilbert and Chris Tanev since they were put together in game number two being the Flames' top defense pairing so far this season. That's my point, is that the guys playing down your lineup a little bit are doing their jobs. Some of the guys uh, playing in the top nine at forward and the top four on defense are – are playing like we expect them to play and know they can play. But some guys aren't, and and those guys are going to have to get it going.
2: Well, I'm going to say Dennis Gilbert and Chris Tanev were the Flames' best defensive pairing again
4: tonight.
3: Yeah, and I I think that could be something we see moving forward because whoever is paired with Chris Tanev tends to be a lot better player. Whether it's Quinn Hughes or Noah Hannafin, it doesn't matter. He's just one of those guys who, if you're
0: playing with him, you're going to be better. Let's head back to Nationwide Arena in Columbus as the Flames fall 3-1 against the Blue Jackets on this Friday night. Let's uh, get some more post-game reaction. We've heard from Mackenzie Wieger and now head coach Ryan Huska with his thoughts post-game in Columbus.
5: Coach, maybe just describe sort of, you know, that, the feeling throughout this game and uh, what you saw
6: from your group. Yeah, I thought the slow start for us, the first 15 minutes or so, they were the better team, which is a little bit to be expected when we're um, in a back-to-back. And then I thought we steadily got better as the night went on. I guess at the end of the day, you know, the lack of little execution on the offensive side of it, with the kind of our puck handling and around the net, probably cost us tonight.
5: Yeah, guys talked a little bit about the sloppiness. Is that yeah. that fair? Was that through, consistent throughout, or, or just through spurts? No,
6: I, th- I think it was consistent throughout. I mean, you look at some of the chances that we had. It's there's the finish wasn't there. You know, whether it's missing the net or a puck bounces over a stick, that's that's the execution I felt was missing tonight. Not the work ethic. work, the, work ethic was good.
5: It, it, that, that start that you're talking about when they, I mean, they had a few days off yeah. coming into this game is yeah. that, I, I would imagine kind of partially what you'd expect to
6: hear yeah. from their group too. For sure and they're at home and they skate really well as a team but I, I do think that we got better as the night went on which is a, a good sign for us.
5: And again, Jake Jacob Herschelman work he did to, to kind of make some big saves here down the stretch keeping keep in it.
6: Yeah that one save at the end of the second period was one where you would have liked to have won a game for him. Um, he, he's been really good for us so far. These types of games, uh, you know, kind of your point about sloppiness is
3: this kind of a grinder type game that maybe the team needs to experience or learn how to work through to have some success i don't
6: don't even know if it's that Um, i think it's just having a little bit more confidence in your ability to make plays when they're there and bearing down Um, to me that's that's pretty much it there's you know certain people that we need to execute on a nightly basis and some of them are some of them aren't quite there yet on that note, did you see your guys maybe get a little bit of a lift after Elias' goal goes in, maybe just to, to get that first one in, get a good feeling going on the bench? Well, it's a shorthanded goal. is a It's a big goal anytime you get one. But, um, you know, we had some zone time afterwards. We just, goes back to the finish. Yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, thank you, guys.
0: Thank you. Thanks. There you go. That is head coach Ryan Huska on the road in Columbus following a 3-1 loss for the Flames against the Blue Jackets on this Friday night. It's Pat Steinberg with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, and it's time to select tonight's hardest-working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest-working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. All
2: right, Mick, you are on the clock for tonight's hardest-working flame. I'm going to go with Jacob Markstrom and I know that he got some help from the goalpost, but especially the one save that we just heard Ryan Huska mention in the second period there, that was a a 10 Beller save and Mm -hmm. he's just been outstanding. He's been consistent in his play, consistent in the way that he's carried himself. He's been confident and he played well enough tonight to give his team a chance to not just win, but to steal the game. And, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to him tonight because I think I think he's been solid over the course of this season and was especially solid tonight. Jacob
0: Markstrom, your hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. As uh, we start to wrap things up with our broadcast duo of Megan and Derek, one more game to go on this five-game road trip. They're into Detroit for a 3 p.m. Calgary time start on Sunday afternoon, but some final thoughts thoughts from you two, starting with you, Mick.
2: Yeah, I think it just comes back to the execution. And the ozone possession time is good, and I talked to- about it on the pregame show that they need to to generate more chances from the slot and the inner slot I still don't think that there was enough of that and then when they did have those opportunities just making sure that they're executing and they're capitalizing goaltending stellar not going to be a problem for this team moving forward if Jacob Markstrom continues to play the way that he does but Uh, Derek mentioned it, that this game in Detroit, this is huge for them in terms of ending the road trip and coming home, feeling good about the way that their season has started, and hopefully they have their full lineup for it.
3: Yeah, for a team that has a a new general manager and a new head coach and a couple of new assistant coaches and a bunch of new players and uh, are playing uh, a different system in the defensive zone, if they can come home, 2-2-1, 2-2 two, two and 1 and with 5 of a possible 10 points, especially winning the last game, I think they'd feel pretty good about the the longest road trip of the season. If you go 1-3 and 1 or 1-2 one, two and 2, I'm not sure you feel the same way. So I think it's an opportunity to pick up some uh, early season momentum and as Ryan Huska said, effort wasn't the issue tonight. It was execution. Yep. And I thought they they looked a lot like the team that was trying to figure things out in the defensive zone earlier in the season uh, as opposed to the team we saw in the last couple of games that looked like they had taken major strides in that area. So they kind of reverted back to to some bad habits uh, and they got a day off between games now to, to rest up physically and mentally and uh, focus on what they're going to have to do to beat the Red Wings uh, in Detroit on Sunday, and and hopefully they have their number one defenseman for that game because uh, you take Rasmus Anderson out of this lineup, and uh, now you're putting both Jordan Osterley and Dennis Gilbert in. And uh, without Oliver Shillington, there is a bit of a a lack of depth in that blue line, so fingers crossed for number four that he's available Sunday.
0: We'll see what happens on Saturday. If there's anything from the Department of Player Safety for now, you two uh, have a wonderful, uh, abbreviated, but have a wonderful weekend. Good Thanks, night, Pat. Pat. You too. Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills signing off on this Friday night following a Flames 3-1 loss on the road in Columbus. Tonight's game has been brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. My name is Pat Steinberg. Hey, the phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. If you want to jump in, call now. Once again, 403-240-4444. Lots of phone lines open if you want to chat some Flames hockey on this Friday night. Text line is lighting up at nine We'll get to your texts, your phone calls around the corner, but... but... But call now as our Flames Talk post-game show is underway. Live on Sportsnet 960, The Fan, after every Flames game. And, of course, on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. 3-1 final, Columbus over Calgary. And our Flames Talk post-game show continues next. This is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Flames Talk post-game show continues from
7: the downtown studio on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
0: Following a Flames... One loss on the road in Columbus on this Friday night. We're underway on your Flames Talk post game show. Pat Steinberg along with you with the phone lines open at 403 240 4444. The text line open at 960 960. Would love to hear from you. Uh, get your thoughts on both the text line and the phone lines in just a second. Flames Talk post games available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, a tough one for the Flames tonight as a couple mistakes end up in the back of their net and just not not enough that I don't know if it's a bearing down thing I don't know if it's a getting to the middle thing but just not enough there offensively in this one tonight They, they definitely had the especially in the final 40 minutes the balance of the offensive zone time but just not not enough done when they were in the offensive zone and when they had those opportunities just did not take advantage of them anywhere near enough. Uh, let's head back to Nationwide Arena in Columbus, get some post-game reaction from Captain Michael Backlund following a 3-1 loss to the Blue Jackets.
5: Well, thanks, just your perspective on uh, what you kind of seen and felt tonight here. Uh, I felt they, they came out
8: and they uh, pressed us hard. Uh, they put a lot of pressure. They're doing a lot of fast forwards on and uh, we knew that going in and um, yeah I thought we feel more sloppy than we have in the past and um, let's also give them credit they like I said they put a lot of pressure on us and made a hard on us all night
5: after that you know opening 10 minutes when you talked about you know kind of them taking over did you feel like you settled in a little bit though in terms of maybe leveling it out yeah we played a little better
8: um had some looks in the pp um and then a um, little back and forth in the second, and we, you know we pushed a little bit in the third. Still, um, so far probably our worst game of the trip, I think. Um, we know we can play better, and uh, we have to find a way here now to turn this around um, for Sunday to make it a good trip.
5: Is that a product of I mean back-to-backs, obviously, but um, you know they had the layoff, maybe just fresher legs kind of early on, especially. Yeah, maybe. Um, you are prof- professional athletes. Uh,
8: you gotta deal with it. Uh, there's no excuses. Uh, we gotta be better.
6: I was just going to say, I don't know, if, did you get any juice from Elias' goal there? You guys are pushing, but I don't know if relief is the right word, but to get one and maybe start to, to push a little harder there in the third?
8: Yeah, I thought we got a lot, uh, some energy from that, and I thought we put some pressure on them, but just wasn't quite there. We um, were missing that last little extra bite and push I thought around the net.
5: You talked a little bit about sloppiness. Did it, it, it was that you know product of some something they're doing in the neutral zone, making it a little more difficult to connect, or was it more on you guys?
8: Well, I think a little bit of both. I think uh, we weren't executed the way we have, and I think they, like I said, came out with a lot of pressure, and they were skating well tonight, and we weren't skating as well as we can.
0: That is Captain Michael Backlund postgame in Columbus following a 3-1 loss to the Blue Jackets. It's uh, Pat Steinberg along with you. We'll go back inside the Flames locker room at least one more time on this Friday night. uh, It's now time on our Flames Talk postgame show for the Save of the Game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. Thought it was a really solid night for Jacob Markstrom. Got his fourth start of the season, and Jacob's Save of the Game comes in period number three. Dubé will send it out to center, and al will chip it and chase it. Berensky
3: beats beats into the Pacto, gives it to Beam. Beam with a stretch pass ahead. row in, shoots,
0: and Markstrom makes a beautiful blocker save. That is one of the 27 stops made by Jacob Markstrom tonight, and that is his save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit shaneholmes.com, the better way to build. And uh, yeah, I thought it was a really solid outing for Jacob Markstrom again. Gave the Flames a chance to win the two goals that get scored on him, both uh, quality chances for Columbus, and then some of the stops he made. There is the stop on Fantilli, there is that stop on Gaudreau, made a couple of other really big stops in this game tonight, so Markstrom gave the Flames a chance to win, this was one of those nights, uh, Derek mentioned a little earlier um, I don't know if it was before we started Flames Talk post-game or not, but mentioned just one of those uh, scenarios where once again, remember how little run support at times the Flames gave Jacob Markstrom last year? Well, there was uh, definitely some of that in this game tonight, just the one goal scored. Okay, uh, I have a bunch of phone lines open right now so if you want to jump in do so now 403-240-4444 got a bunch of lines open on a Friday night I get it it's Friday might not be busy on the phone lines which is fine but if you want to call you won't get a busy signal right now and on the text line we jump at 960-960 this from Dylan in Revelstoke says that'll be two games at least for Rasmus was a decent game to watch just wish they'd get rid of the perimeter game in the ozone everyone spread too far and nobody is in front five on five. Got a score on a a three-and-a-half-minute power play as well. Oh, well, on to the next one. Hopefully, Huska gets them going. That comes from Dylan in Revelstoke. I did actually like them on that power play. They don't end up. Um, they don't end up scoring, but I did like them on that first period extended power play. They basically had about three and a half minutes of power play time, um, but they don't end up scoring on it. I do agree with Dylan. A little bit more focus of, of getting more bodies into that really important area, into the house or slot area is is important. Um, you Even go back to Thursday night against Buffalo and some of the ways they scored. There was just a lot of bodies swarming in that area, so more of that, the better. If you the Calgary Flames going forward here. Uh, This says, no criticism for the Flames. They should have been tired and still made a decent effort. Great to see Markstrom play well again. He'll have a good win-loss ratio if the team can give him some more goal support in the future. I know every team has to play 41 road games a season, and they have to be played sometime, but I think an extended road trip starting on Game 2 with three games in four days at the end is a bit of a raw deal in scheduling, but if they can beat Detroit, they'll break even on the trip, right? So good luck to them. Yes, if they beat Detroit, they will break even. Um, The only thing about that is, is that I do think that there's also the other side of it. There's the um, there's the other side that says it's good to get on the road. We were talking as they went on the road how good it is for them to um, get on the road early and get to know each other and all that type of stuff. So... Yeah, I, uh, I don't know if getting on the road early is good or bad. It's kind of whatever you make it, I think. And we were, we were hearing about how it's a good thing. So I don't know if necessarily it was um, a bad thing uh, or, or that we can point to it as a bad thing at this point. Uh, I do want to go back to Dylan's text. I don't know if it'll be two games or not for Rasmus. My gut says that there will be at least some sort of supplemental discipline call, though, with uh, Rasmus Anderson's hit on Patrick Laine as time expired. Uh, this from Sam... Pat Markey was phenomenal tonight I know it's a small sample size but I believe he's trending back to form a disappointing loss they need to start cashing in in their scoring chances I hope they can tighten up their defensive play heading into Detroit do you feel any disciplinary action could be taken on Anderson's hit yeah I mean I I do think there is a uh, there's a chance of that we'll be uh, keeping our eye out for that on Saturday morning Uh, guys what are your thoughts on the play of Kadri do you think it's just a slump right now I don't know what it is but they are going to need more from him Uh, I did think I think we saw a little bit more from Kadri in this game. I thought this was a better game from him tonight. I thought he and his line were probably Calgary's best line tonight. So if this is something that can spark Nazem and and he got in the fight with Sillinger in the first period, then I think that's a positive because they definitely through five games need more from Nazem Kadri. One assist in five games, not going to get it done. Um, he's supposed to be one of this team's offensive leaders. That being said, I did think he played his best game of the season in Columbus. We'll see if that gets him going. Uh, This from Ash three thoughts. One, the Zadorov Uyghur pair was suspect again. Manjapani needs to be more noticeable. And I'm also noticing a lot of overpassing at times when they're in the slot area thoughts. Um, yeah, the Zadorov Uyghur pairing had a a couple of not so great moments in this one for sure. I thought Manjapani got off to a great start to the year, but I think it's tailed off the last few games here. So they definitely will continue needing more from him and, uh, the overpassing in the slot area. Yeah. I've, I've seen a few of those instances for sure. Um, um, and uh, if they can if they can be a little bit more direct offensively, I think that'll be a good thing for them, too. Um, this says, need way more out of Kadri. One assist in five games at his salary isn't going to cut it. Uh, this says, that second Blue Jacket goal was amateur hour by Hannafin and Lindholm, both chasing around the puck instead of protecting the back door. Uh, it was a weird one. I don't... Anderson kind of got himself in a, a weird spot with Roslevic, and then all of a sudden, Hannafin and Lindholm didn't quite know how to... It was, it, it was a bit of a... It, it was a bit of a dog's breakfast for a few seconds, and that allowed Danforth to get free, and then a nice pass from Roslevic to give Columbus at the time the 2 nothing lead. Uh, this says, You won't many win many hockey games when you score one goal. Agreed. Uh, this says from Joel and Cranston, I'm not seeing any leaders emerging on offense or defense. Everyone just seems happy going through the motions. Dubé and Mangiapane were invisible. I, I do think, I mean, we have seen at times... Lindholm be the leader, I think. We've seen at times Munchpani be a bit of an offensive leader. I think Huberdo is trending in the right direction in that regard. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we're ever going to be talking about a team that has one guy that is leading the way offensively. This is far more of a roll four lines by committee offense that, that much I think we need to get used to as the season goes along. Uh, this says the saying if you go to the net, good things will happen gets completely erased if you can't hit the net for a rebound. The greasy goals can't happen if you keep shooting the puck wide, dial it in, and hit the net. Fair enough. Uh, this from Zach in Hamilton, Ontario. It's a shame we have to deal with another six years of cadre. He had no heart. All the time in the world, the saucer passed the puck over the defenseman or throw it behind the net for Huberdo. Instead, he tries to force it through the defender. It's an absolute joke. Other than that, I enjoyed the game. Boys played well. Can't blame Markstrom. Bud's got his mojo back. Go Flames, go. Hopefully, as I said earlier, this is a good step forward for Kadri. Hopefully that is something that we we see going forward, even into the Detroit game. Uh, this says, same old flames get beat by a backup goalie. They've become famous for letting backups look like superstars. This says, as a massive Huberdo hater, even I'll say he's progressively getting better. He's miles ahead of last year and seems to blend into the game better. Why I will never like him is probably misdirected ownership anger. I want to win a cup. That's what being competitive means. They're competitive for playoffs, and their cup would be winning round two. Anyone who subscribes to Get In and who knows, look at Montreal, look at Florida last year. Don't know what you guys watch, but all Cinderella's were smacked down by the teams they faced without even a whimper coming out. This team is cooked and has signed away their chance of ever having a cup. That's, that's quite... Stark uh, five games into the season, but I, I get it. I understand some um, I understand some cynicism. Good stuff on the text line at 960-960. We'll get back there in a few minutes as we continue along in your Flames Talk post game show. My name is Pat Steinberg following a 3-1 loss for the Flames in Columbus, so the text line's open. So are the phone lines at 403-240-4444. Uh, it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, where you can find Flames Talk on podcast and, of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960 60 The fan. Let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight and say hello to Corey on the Flames Talk post game show. What's up, Corey? What's up, Corey? Hey, Dad, how are you doing, buddy?
9: I didn't get to see the game. I was at Ledger tag for one of my boys' birthdays, but I got a truck full of kids that want to scream and make some noise because they're all Flames fans. Do it. Go ahead, Do boys. Make some noise. Yeah! Yeah!
0: Let's
10: go. Right. On the radio. That's
9: right. you're On the radio. But in all seriousness, uh, Markstrom has been lights out. Looking forward to seeing them play the Oilers, because it was after that series that we saw the confidence falter. Uh, Hubert awesome. Very disappointed in Calgary, like everybody else. But it'll come around. We're five games in. Looking forward to seeing what, uh, what Huska and Conroy can build for the next little while here with our boys.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, and if you could just turn your back, if you turn your radio down in the background, Corey, um, that would be uh, that'd be huge. We can continue. There we go. Um, yeah. I mean, Mar- uh, there's there's not much critical I can say about Markstrom. He hasn't been perfect to start the year, but he's been very encouraging. There's no doubt about that. And I like your point. I think he probably will get the start in the Heritage Classic in about nine days' time from when we're talking, and that that could be a a, a big moment for him for sure.
9: Yeah, he needs to prove to himself that he can stand up against McDavid because we saw McDavid go over the glove about five times in that one series a couple of years ago. But uh, he can do it. And as we know, sports, it's all about uh, what's between the ears. And you get that confidence, and the sky's the limit. But if you're not feeling good, then you're a bum. And that goes with everybody and every day of their job, whether you're an athlete or not. So anyway, wish them all the best, and thanks for your time. Keep up the awesome work, Dad. All right, Corey, you have yourself a great night. YouTube, I don't. Thank
0: you, man. 403-240-4444 is the phone number. I like that. Uh, uh, from laser tag, got the kids in the well, get get the get the boys on the radio. I like that. Uh, let's say hello to Khan. What's going on, Khan?
7: Oh, thanks for uh, taking my call. Just one. Uh, I just have one thing in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting a new arena. That's a huge need for our city. Like that's the awesome thing. Should we be thinking about? Getting picks and get the excitement back like two thousand four and before even that.
0: So that when they move into the new arena they're a really good team?
7: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um I In mean the future.
0: I, I I don't dislike the thought. I mean, I think that there's something to having a really good team when you go into a new arena. It. Uh, I mean, I, I take a look at the Oilers and what they did when they moved into Rogers place. They had themselves a pretty good first year in that building. Exactly. And, exactly yeah.
7: Exactly. Thank you. Um, that's all. Like, uh, thanks for the show. I've been listening for a very long time. Thanks for taking my call.
0: Hey, no problem, Con. You have yourself a great night.
10: You as well. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, man. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I get it. Like I, I really wonder what happens here with some of these players that need to. We need to. We need to find out about from Lindholm to Hannafin, They they lead the way, of course. You know, if all of a sudden Lindholm and Hannafin are very clearly not going to be coming back, I'm curious if if Craig Conroy and and his management group could go to Murray Edwards and say, Hey, we need to um, we we need to think about going in a different direction here. And if they were to do that, then maybe they could start to build for just what Khan was talking about. And that's to be a better team and a a, a really competitive team when they move into the new arena in however many years that's going to be so I don't mind the idea I don't know if it's going to happen but I, I certainly get the idea behind it I do think there's going to be a lot of existential directional conversations had uh, especially as we find out more and more what's going to happen with Lindholm and Hannafin as this season goes on there's still 77 games to go right so that that's definitely something to keep an eye on as well a few phone lines are open 403 240-4444 following of flames 3-1 loss on the road in columbus text line remains open at 960, 960 as well george is with us what's up george
7: not much patty how are you doing tonight my man i'm good good to hear my friend
0: fortunately i have
7: some bad news for con and everybody else that that uh, lives that dream as long as murray edwards is the primary owner of that team that's never going to happen so <laughs> if there was any year to do that it was last year where you had a generational draft pick so that's not going to happen, even if Lindholm and Hannah Finn decide, uh, for whatever reason, they don't want to be on this team. I, I truly believe that if they go that direction, they're going to make hockey trades to try replace those players. I just don't think ownership would ever let them do that.
0: You might be right. I, I, I don't know. Um, I understand why, because I understand why you think that way, because, well, history. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if Craig Conroy would be able to, you know, make the um, – would be able to convince or something like that. It's it's definitely something I'll be keeping an eye on, though. That's for sure.
7: Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, on to the game. Um, I'm going to go uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly tonight. All right, Patty? Okay. So the good. I got three names that stood out. A.J. Greer. Love this guy since we've got him. Uh, great waiver pickup. Uh, part of me questions. I don't know the situation in Boston. Part of me questions why they even set wave this guy but he's been a excellent thing in calgary so far kudos to him jacob markstrom has been excellent you hope he can stay like this the whole season mm-hmm. um he's been great Give the good man a lot of credit for so far bouncing back and then dennis gilbert i think he was great again tonight i think he's been excellent i know that having De- um chris Tanev as your defense partner you know elevates you but nonetheless you have to give that man the credit for that so that's the good the bad Five games in, right? The so called star players of this team, Kadri, invisible. He gets in this fight, fine, great. He's all pumped up. I hear Eric Francis in the intermission talking about, oh, he's pumped up and all this and nothing. He, he, he can't even connect on the pass. Uh, Manjapane, invisible tonight. Um, Lindholm, other than the shorty, invisible. These guys have got to step up. You guys talked about it in the post game show. Derek Will said it specifically. Like, he named who the best players been consistently. The fourth line has been consistently the best line Mm -hmm. that doesn't change this this team will not win games they just will not win games like i don't fault the effort the effort is there like like that's the most frustrating thing you know what i mean it's not like they're phoning it in i mean but the the bottom line is they've chosen a direction to go in with this franchise it's 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 wins now you gotta win and you and you gotta you gotta play better and then the ugly noah hannathan this guy for years patty's been driving me nuts but he's just The guy can't play defensive hockey. He costs us so many goals. I don't know how many times this guy loses his man over the years. I can't believe the guy's not a career minus 100. I mean, that second goal is, like, pretty much directly on him. He's covering his man. He goes to the other guy and leaves the player wide open. Like, it's stuff like that that just, just, like, absolutely infuriates me with this player. It's like, he doesn't even want to be here anymore, apparently. So, like, you drive half the fan base nuts. You'd rather be playing in America trade the guy hopefully we can convince a team who thinks he's something better than what he is to give us something back
0: uh okay i'm not i'm not as down on hannafin as you are but you know that
7: yeah i know that i know that but yeah man that's uh i made it pretty short and sweet tonight that's all i got uh going to be a tough game you said something about that's the game that's really going to be the hardest one on the road trip i think and i agree with you that's going to be a tough game detroit's a good team and I think like the fatigue's really going to kick in because that's what like a, what a five o'clock Eastern start I believe.
0: Yeah, so you don't get the full forty-eight hours. Um, yeah, and, and we'll see. That's I mean, maybe maybe game. it's fine. Maybe they got lots of energy. I don't know exactly what they're going to do tomorrow. I know they've got a practice scheduled, but uh, I don't know if they're necessarily going. Maybe maybe they do go for a, a light day instead of um, instead of going full practice. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I do. That that is the, the the third game in four nights is typically the night that. Um, the night that typically you you see the team, like you see even from our standpoint, the effects of fatigue, that can a lot of times be the case. We'll see if the Flames can find a way to battle through.
7: Yeah, it'll be interesting, and I'll, I'll be honest, Patty, I don't think we see Anderson in that game. That was a really ill-advised hit, and honestly, if he gets suspended, I won't be surprised.
0: No, or, I won't be either at wasn't,
7: this point. I, I, I didn't. Wasn't a, wasn't a good move. I mean, let's like, I know we're Flames fans, but like, let's call a spade a spade there. I, You know, you can't be unbiased when it comes to things like that. That was not good. So we'll see. All right, Georgie. Hey, pal, you have a great night, man. Good talking to you.
0: You too. Talk soon. Uh, hey, phone lines are open. 403-240-4444 following a 3-1 loss for the Flames on the road in Columbus. Let's say hello to Anand. What's going on, Anand?
10: Good evening, Paddy. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Good, thank you. Actually, I'll go uh, something along the lines of uh, what George did now. Uh, maybe I'll talk about one good, uh, one bad, and what they can challenge on for the game's upcoming. Uh, so I'll start with the good. I like how Marky played tonight, the wonderful save he had. And uh, so the Lindholm goal, uh, I think that gave the Flames a little bit more energy on the second period. Uh, what they did bad, I would say, uh, it is the uh, defensive and uh, not much of the offensive opportunities they had. I saw uh, the what do you call it, Columbus Blue Jacket had a couple of giveaways, uh, like breakaways, uh, but Marky was great at them, so he could stay uh, save at them, so uh, we didn't go out of too much out of control. Uh, maybe something to challenge or maybe a question for you. Uh, the fourth line of the uh, Flames uh, lineup, what do you think, uh, what is one factor that is clicking so well for that fourth lineup? Um,
0: I think a few things. I think that they are, they, they just all are really, um, they're really straightforward. Um, I don't want to say simple because that's that's maybe not the right word. There's really straightforward um, and uh, not complicated players. Like they just straight lines and and they're hard on the forecheck. And they know exactly what they do well. They know exactly who they are. Um, and so having three of those guys, especially Greer and, and Dewar on the wings, having three of those guys, I think is is really helpful for a center iceman like Sharon Govich, who's still trying to get comfortable here on his new team. So, yeah, I, uh, I think that... Um, I think that they've all clicked because they all play a pretty straight line game. They all are pretty smart at both ends of the ice. There's no misconceptions about what they are as a player, and, and I think that that just really works for them.
10: All right, but maybe one last question. Uh, so let's say if the uh, Flames get another back-to-back games, like uh, one we saw yesterday and then tonight as well, do you think it will be a concern for the uh, Flames keeping that energy or momentum going, especially if they get like back-to-back games uh, in the future?
0: I mean, they only have six back-to-backs this year. Uh, every team's got to play multiple of them. They're just part yeah. of the schedule. Um And so, you know, I I, I actually thought they found some energy as the game went along. I I don't come away from this game too, too much thinking that it was uh, uh, a big result of how the schedule went. That's for sure
10: all right sounds good thank you so much Pat. have a good night and talk
0: to you on sunday okay and you have yourself a great night as well as the phone lines are open uh 403-240-4444 following a flames 3-1 loss on the road in columbus this is now five games of uh, four games of a five-game road trip tonight uh the fifth game is sunday afternoon in detroit Note the start time, 3 p.m. on Sunday afternoon for the Flames and the Detroit Red Wings. Um, I know there's been uh, a lot of talk about Nazem Kadri tonight. Um, I think that Kadri had his best game of of the season. I actually thought he was one of Calgary's better players tonight so I was not quite as on board as where George was. First four games not as good. They still need more from Cadre. One assist in five games is not going to cut it but uh, I did think that it was a, a solid outing for Cadre. Got in the fight and just looked a little bit more snarly so maybe if we see a little bit more of that for Cadre going forward uh, that can really help the team. But it's time for tonight's Player with Heart brought to you by HeartFit Clinic and tonight I'm going to go with Matt Cora. Uh, Coronado finished with uh, 12.07 of ice time. He had three shots. He had five shot attempts, two scoring chances, and two high danger chances. He also got popped up onto the top line with Lindholm and Huberdo in the third period late. I'm curious as to what things look like on Friday when these two teams play. Do they keep Coronado there, or does he move back and play with Backlund like he has the last few nights? I thought it was a solid night though for Matt Coronado, um, especially in making an impact in the offensive zone. We'll go with him as tonight's player with heart. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for heart fit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office. Visit heartfit.ca. As the Flames lose 3-1 in Columbus on a Friday night, it's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Tonight's game has been brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for the last time tonight as Elias Lindholm scored their only goal in this 3-1 loss to the Blue Jackets, and he spoke inside the locker room at Nationwide Arena.
5: Elias, maybe just describe sort of what you guys are feeling until the course of this game here tonight.
4: Yeah, obviously first 10-50 uh, minutes of uh, the game was tough. Uh, you know, didn't skate uh, well enough, and, and but after that I thought we, you know, Played uh, some pretty good hockey. Uh, Marky played unbelievable and made some big stops. And, and uh, yeah, there's stuff we can work on and turnovers and so on. But uh, yeah, we fought hard and, and Marky was unbelievable.
5: Was early on? Was that a little bit more them versus you, or was it um, we just felt like the legs weren't going? Quick?
4: Yeah, we weren't going at all. Yeah. Uh, I think we're just uh, you know uh, they were all over us and, and uh, we wouldn't skate. Uh, so, so. You know, just kid off and, and you know, uh we're slow out there. So um but after that it was uh you know, we felt hard and and uh, Marky made some big stuffs and kept us kept us in the game. So yeah. was,
6: was there enough emotion out there tonight? Like did it seem like there was some good emotion from you guys?
4: Yeah, I mean we tried. So uh I mean, um obviously uh, it's not gonna be playoff hockey every night, so um uh, it's uh you know, we tried.
5: Did you feel like you had, you know, specifically in that third period, or the first
4: part, um, the looks to to maybe be uh, at least I mean, equal at that point? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I thought uh, we were taking over and then um, the 2 nothing came, um, yeah. um, which was tough. Uh, but then we got back in it and, and so it was a goal this scored. So it was, uh, it was a tough momentum shifter for, for you know, obviously it was uh, in their favor. So, uh, you know, that's how it goes sometimes.
0: There you go. Elias Lindholm postgame on the road in Columbus. He picked up his second goal of the season. He's up to, uh, what is he up to on the year now? That was his second goal and his uh, sixth point of the year. He's up to six points in five games. Nice start to the year offensively for Elias Lindholm. Uh, Let's look ahead as the Flames have got one more game on this road trip. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. uh, And that final game is Friday afternoon, Friday night in Detroit. Friday afternoon back here in Calgary Uh, it is the Flames and Red Wings 3 p.m. face-off on Sportsnet West and Sportsnet 1. The Flames lost at Little Caesars Arena 2-1 last year. That snapped a three-game win streak for them on the road in Detroit. Uh, Flames are 4-2-0 in their last six games on the road in the Motor City. So that is next up for the Flames on Sunday afternoon. Then the Flames are home Tuesday to kick off a quick two-game homestand against the New York Rangers and then Thursday against the St. Louis Blues and Sunday's the Heritage Classic at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton Flames Oilers on Sunday of next week. So um, it's uh, the Rangers then the St. Louis Blues, and then next Sunday, uh, a week from this Sunday, is uh, the Heritage Classic versus Edmonton. That's our look uh, looking ahead. Um, I wrote down, Derek just texted me, I wrote down Friday at Detroit. I just didn't update that on my script. Sunday at Detroit is when the Flames play the Red Wings. Sunday at 3 p.m., because today's Friday. Uh, so that game in Detroit is Sunday, 3 p.m., on Sportsnet West and Sportsnet One. Thank you, Derek. Uh, that is your looking ahead ahead brought to you by oncolytics biotech fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system to learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer visit oncolyticsbiotech.com uh back to the text line we go at 960 960 on this friday night i know this is friday um This says, glad to see the new coach and new system has drastically improved the team play. Yes, I'm being sarcastic. I realize it was time for Daryl to move on, yet all that the focus of Daryl being the issue didn't allow anyone to focus on the real issue. This team can't score. Probably bottom five for offensive talent in the NHL. Uh, Can there be improvement? Maybe, but this group is never going to be considered offensively dangerous. If the team focuses on defensive shutdown hockey, Huberdeau and Kadri will pout. Um... This from Patrick in Calgary. Don't agree with George that Lindholm and Kadri were invisible. Six shots on goal for each of them tonight. That's not invisible. Uh, I do think that tonight both guys were strong. I think Lindholm has been generally fine through the first five games of the season. Um, Kadri's first four games, not good enough. Tonight, I thought Kadri had his best game as a member of the Flames. He led the team in a ton of different metrics tonight. Uh, At all strengths, uh, Kadri led the team with nine shot attempts, six shots, Four individual scoring chances, all four of them from the slot or the high danger area. So more of these nights from Nazem Kadri is going to be important going forward. Um, This says, Pat, I noticed on NHL.com that Huberto also got a 10-minute misconduct at the end of the game. Also, they need better quality shots, especially on the power play. That's from Peter in Strathmore. Uh, Let's see, do I... uh... I, yeah, Huberto got a 10 misconduct, so they changed it. So initially they had Rasmus Anderson, five for elbowing, and then Huberto, a 10 minute misconduct. Now it's Anderson, five for elbowing. Um, so they had Anderson with both the five and the 10. Now it's Anderson with the five and Huberto with the 10. So we'll see. Again, we'll see if there's any supplemental discipline. I would not be surprised if uh, Rasmus Anderson's getting a call uh, sometime on Saturday, but we shall wait and see. Uh, this says. I don't understand the folks who say this team isn't going to win anything if, uh, anything ever after five games. I'm not even a huge hockey fan, but come on, Doomers, support your team. Uh, this says, Pat, I feel like this team is very mediocre. They have no one that's dangerous and can get you that goal. Let's hope they pick it up and start finishing some chances. That's from Allie in Coral Springs. Um... This says Kadri has to start driving play and making less turnovers. I know he fought, but too many soft plays out there. Jeff and Lethbridge sending that. Again, I I did not think he was soft in this one tonight. I thought it was a strong game for Kadri and a game that the Flames need to see more of from their second highest paid forward. Uh, This from Randy and Cochran. Good thing Markstrom's playing well. If he was playing like last year, Flames would be a whole lot worse off. Uh, He has been good. Jared and Lethbridge says, kind of felt like the, they freaky friday with the Flames of last year. Lots of perimeter shots and getting stymied by a backup goalie. Markey was in rare form. Shame to waste that effort. Regardless of what Twitter says, the sky is not falling and I believe the answers are in the room. Go Flames, go. Uh, that's from Jared in Lethbridge. Um, and there you go. That's uh, our final look inside the text line. Do I have any more? Oh, and this one, uh, this says uh, Howdy Pat, can't help but just feel upset after watching that game. Not necessarily because of the score, but because of the lack of energy this team Provides. Watching Johnny grab the puck and fly up and down the ice tonight just reminded me of how lucky we were to have him in Calgary. Miss having such a dynamic player that could bring us out of our seats on more nights than not. Yeah, the Flames don't have that type of player. They don't have the the type of guy that is um, that dynamic and is is going to bring you out of your seat. That's just not the type of type of team that this is built. That's that's not the type of players they have, and and so they have to make the most of of what they have. Um, and I mean they they have. Have, I think they are playing a little more up-tempo. I think offensively, they are a little bit more exciting overall than they were last year. But yeah, they don't have that player. There's no doubt about it. And that will wrap us up on the text and phone calls portion of our Flames post postgame on this Friday night. Final score, Flames fall 3-1 in Columbus in Game 4 of this five-game road trip. It's time for tonight's final summary. Here's how we uh, got to tonight's game uh, and tonight's final score. There was no scoring in period number one. The first School of this game came courtesy of Sean Corrali of the Columbus Blue Jackets at 6:29 of the second period. Corrali's first of the year from Justin Danforth and Ivan Provorov, and it was one nothing Columbus after 40 minutes of play. We go to the second, the third period, and Columbus goes out in front by two. It was the first time the Flames trailed after 40 minutes all season long, and a one nothing lead turns into a 2 nothing Columbus lead at 8.45 on a Danforth goal, his second of the year from Jack Roslevic and Zach Warensky at 8.45, and Columbus, with a little bit more than 11 minutes to go, had themselves a 2 nothing lead, but less than two minutes after Danforth's goal, Columbus goes to the power play with an opportunity to go up 3 nothing, but they're not the one that scored instead it's Calgary who scores Elias Lindholm sprung on a break he rips home his second of the year shorthanded at 10:37. Lindholm from Backland and it made it 2-1 Columbus Flames had some good opportunities to tie it and then into the final two and a half minutes Flames with the offensive zone pressure Ryan Huska pulls Jacob Markstrom. The timing just did not work. Um, Markstrom coming to the bench. Ruzichka coming on and right as that was happening Columbus forces a turnover and Zach Warenski uh, pinpoints it from about 180 feet down the ice. Uh, scores right into the middle of the empty net and restores Columbus's two goal lead. Wierenski's first of the year unassisted at 17.39 into the empty net to make it 3-1. That would end up being the final score. Final shots 37-30 in favor of the Flames, both teams finished the night 0 for 2 on the power play. Uh, three stars tonight, all Blue Jackets. Number three, Sean Corrali. Number two, Justin Danforth. And making 36 on 37, Spencer Martin, the number one star between the pipes. With the loss, Calgary falls to 2-2-1. They wrap up this road trip Sunday against the Detroit Red Wings, uh, while Columbus improves to 2-2-0. They're back in action tomorrow on the road in Minnesota. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, and for our outstanding producer, Shan Virgie, my name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up for Calgary, as I mentioned, Sunday afternoon in Detroit. Note the start time, 3 p.m., which means a 2 p.m. Calgary Flames warm-up right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your Friday. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Your final score from Columbus tonight, Blue Jackets 3, Flames 1. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show, and this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.